Okay, okay, okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Owning Her Health. I am Dr. Lisa Holland welcoming you to this goddess chat with the wonderful Dr. Blair Green out of Atlanta, Georgia. So what makes Blair so special? Well, number one, she started coaching with me in October and had this distant idea of this book that she hadn't really gotten into that she wanted to do. Hello, here we are. Here we are. Middle of 2019. The book is done. The $10,000 raised on her Kickstarter is done. And she's just had a bunch of wonderful other things happening. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, although I am excited that she was such a powerhouse doing all the projects, doing all the hard inner work to get this stuff done and then being a master motivated woman for the Mind Body Brand Academy when she jumped on in for January, but um, mainly because I've gotten to witness this. I've gotten to witness this like I do with all my ladies that I'm coaching, either one-on-one through some of the the work off of uh, Dr. Lisa Holland PT, uh, dot com or the when we get into those groups, the Mind Body Brand Academy two times a year. It's just such a blessing. But, you know, Blair was wonderful before we worked together and she got this kick butt book out, okay? Not to pee on yourself, runners. Hint, hint. I'll let, uh, you have to listen into the episode to get the get the full scoop on that. But she is an orthopedic clinical specialist, board certified, certified pelvic health physical therapist, certified manual trigger point therapist. Um, in fact, she travels around the country teaching other therapists how to use the dry needles. She is a Pilates certified teacher, certified strength and conditioning specialist, an adjunct clinical assistant professor in the physical therapy program of Mercer uh, University. Like I said, she's now a published author. Awesome. Um, she was a powerhouse in my goddess wisdom mastermind, really coming to the table and inspiring a lot of the other women. So if you join the goddess wisdom mastermind, you can get to know Blair Green personally. But right now, I want you to make sure that you download this episode right now, especially if you're a runner, especially if you're active, especially if you're peeing on yourself, especially if you know that you've got this split in your uh, belly area. If you've had a baby, if you're thinking of having a baby, if you want to have a baby, if you had a baby years ago... If you have any indication whatsoever you want to be active, listen in to me and Blair right now. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Owning Her Health. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, and I am so excited today. Uh, number one, to be starting to get back. I've been saying that in a couple of these, these episodes, but really being able to feature some of these beautiful goddess wisdom uh, sisters that I've collected and networked with and, and you know, as always, trying to bring you a piece of my network of, of really 
quality, quality things out there I want you to know about, quality conversations, but also quality people. And my friend here, Blair Green, Dr. Blair Green, has not uh, disappointed me with that at all. Uh, Blair and I have been in the same circles of women's health as many of the women that I bring on this podcast are uh, for a, a number of years. And more recently, through our work with being a little bit more holistic and, you know, the belly guru kind of came out of that pregnancy year and Blair is doing wonderful things with a brand new book coming out uh, to help moms on the move, particularly runners. And so when she was in My Goddess Wisdom Mastermind and, and, and we've been working together doing some things privately, I've had the beauty of, of watching her blossom from uh, former private practice owner into kind of finding her own way, going off on her own, bringing herself into a private practice, growing that private practice over the past several months to really meet some gains. And um, one of those things, getting this book here for particular runners with her own story. So I've had this wonderful front row view and I just couldn't wait to bring uh, her to to you guys and us discuss, discuss her book and what her mission is. And so I introduce to you um, Dr. Blair Green from uh, Atlanta. Catalyst Physical Therapy is her practice. So Blair, tell us a little bit more. What did I miss about you? And how did you get here uh, to what you're doing today? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks, Lisa, for having me on today. I'm really excited to share about this. I've been a physical therapist for nearly 20 years now. And when I first got into the world of women's health, it, it was really because I liked working with pregnant women. I didn't know where that was going to take me. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just knew that the longer I did this, these were the women that I really enjoyed working with. And it kind of blossomed as my career did to um, sort of weaving its way and transitioning into a place where I started to treat a lot of pelvic health and, and women's health and really dive into this group. I think where I really started to become more passionate was after I had my own children. So I have a son who's 13 and a daughter who's 11. And through my own pregnancy and childbirth and recovery experiences during that postpartum time, that's when I really realized there's not a lot out there. I think being a physical therapist and being in the know, we forget how little information there is for people who don't have this baseline knowledge. And the more I spoke to my friends, the more I hung out in mom groups, people didn't know what to expect during pregnancy, what to expect during childbirth, or what that was really going to look like postpartum. You know, and, and back then, if you go back 13 years ago, we had that what to expect when you're expecting book. And that's pretty much what we had. I hate it. There wasn't Facebook or social media. It felt like that book was 101 million things that can go wrong and, and awful. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it drove, it drove me crazy. And so um, it's funny because this book is actually my second attempt to write a book. My first attempt to write a book was the book about postnatal recovery. and I had to stop because I had another baby and going from having one baby and working to having two babies and working, I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to devote to really getting this book off the ground. Um, flash forward many years later, um, started working with a woman by the name of Dr. Kate Edwards. We worked in the same practice together. I used to own a very large private practice 
and she focuses on the treatment of runners. During that time, she's a few years younger than me. And so during that time, she became pregnant, had her son, came to me after he was born and said, um, you know, what can I do to get myself back, back on the road and back on the tread and back doing the things I love? And she and I worked together in a patient uh, therapist relationship. So a couple years later, neither of us are working at that practice anymore. And I started Catalyst Physical Therapy two years ago, really with the dream to find a place where moms could go and be moms and be themselves and not have the demands of raising kids or taking care of a household or a family or their job and just really feel like they could be moms and they can feel safe to share their stories, share their problems. And that's what my practice is developing into now. And I love it. Kate came to me a little over a year ago and said, I want to write this book about getting back to running after pregnancy. And I was like, oh, well, guess what? I've got half a book written right here. So it worked out pretty nicely. And she and I were able to collaborate together and, and really put this book together. And so we're super excited to share it with everyone. That's great. And so the name of the book is really, really cute and catchy, guys. So go ahead. And what is it? Go ahead, stop and pee. Go ahead, stop and pee. Yeah. Um, so what did you pick that? I mean, obviously, it's it's we're, we're talking about a major problem that you know one of the things is like you're saying there really is no education. I think women in general, you know, uh, the most education I got was not having been a certified athletic trainer, getting a whole bachelor's in that, not going off and going to physical therapy school, finishing that, not really ten years as an orthopedic, PT, ATC, you know, sports medicine person, uh, two kids into it, well, actually one kid into it, then I started like looking into things. It was me sort of seeking out and looking into the pregnancy year and getting advanced training as a health provider. And I'm still learning and whatnot. So, you know, I definitely agree with you guys. So tell me a little bit of why that's the title and you guys focused on that with runners. Yeah, so the way, the real story about how we came up with this title was Kate was actually meditating one morning. We were sort of in the thick of like getting the book finished and getting it to the publisher and, you know, and there's a lot of things they need and one of the things they need is a title so they can publish our book. And she was, she was meditating one morning and it popped into her head and she tested it out with a couple of friends and patients that day and asked them what they thought and everyone had the same reaction like you we couldn't get through the title without stopping to laugh and we liked it because it's catchy but I think the reason that we really everyone had the same reaction was everybody is the common thing whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing it's certainly not a normal thing it's absolutely common is a lot of women um, when they're pregnant and after they have babies have trouble with incontinence and so typically what we think about in terms of problems after babies is leaking. Um, leaking with coughing, sneezing, jumping, running certainly. And so there's that piece of when we're pregnant being, you know, you have to go to the bathroom all the time. And so if you're running, you, you know, for people who, out there who are runners, when you're pregnant and you're running, you're always wondering when's the next bathroom gonna pop up because I need to go. And then it's the same thing after you have a baby. Um, a lot of women have problems with their pelvic floor after delivery. and so through that recovery process, they're kind of struggling to figure that out as yeah. well. And they don't really know where to go. And, they, you know, there's so many um, 
depends undergarments, making them prettier and prettier over the years, making them more and more acceptable over the years. It's like what an 80, I think it was last I saw it was an $86 million industry. Maybe that's even billion dollar. I don't even know. And so normalizing that tends to be what we do here, at least in America, it seems like we kind of like, yeah. instead of dealing with the problem, somebody says really creatively in our entrepreneurish type of, uh, you know, money making type of mind, why don't I make a button, you know, why don't I make a market yeah. out of this? You know, like, I mean, we work on that in the Mind Body Brand Academy, you know, what can you take and make a, you know, a blue ocean? And that's kind of what we're seeing with our problems, you know, because there's always this pill or there's always this thing. But really what, you know, physical therapists can, can help you with and what women's health physical therapists can help you with is that's not, guys, it's not normal. And there actually is, are things you can do besides just dealing with it and making sure you have the proper undergarments. So, you know, I mean, what would you say is the, some of the key things you're showing in this book? You know, if I was somebody who, uh, not even a runner, just dealing with incontinence, just active or whatnot, what can I, what can I expect from this, from this book? I mean, I'm sure, like you said, you have a personal story and then a couple of, key things I might not even be understanding about, you know, what is this? Is this, is, am I weak? Am I, am I tired down there? What, what's the story there? Right. So the great thing about this book is even though it is geared toward women who run, it's, it's so comprehensive that it's not only for women who run. And in fact, a lot of what we talk about, in the book and the things we discuss in the and the exercises and, and treatments and lifestyle changes we recommend are really for any woman who's had a baby and especially any woman who wants to be active. We do we do have a section at the end where we talk a little bit about running with a stroller mm -hmm. and the biomechanics of that. And then we do have some return to running plans at the very end. So for those women who do run, we're giving them a safe, a safe way and, and sort of a gradual way to get back to running so they have something to follow. I think most women, what happens is they have a baby, they go to the doctor for their six-week follow-up. Medically, they look fine. Their uterus has contracted back down. Uh, most of the time, they stop bleeding. There aren't, if they've had a C-section, the incision is healing and things are typically moving along okay and the doctor says, okay, great, you're good, go back to whatever. And they're lost because their bodies don't feel the same. Um, they don't look the same. And it's a struggle to really get, you can't just jump back in. And I think that's the biggest take home is, you can't just jump back in on day one after baby with what you were doing on the last day before you found out you were pregnant or even on the last day you exercised before you delivered. And so we take people through, there's two sections. Mm -hmm. The first section is devoted to pregnancy. So we talk a little bit about the changes that happen in the body during pregnancy and and not just the musculoskeletal changes but what's happening to all of our body systems during pregnancy and then from there we talk a little bit about labor and delivery vaginal deliveries versus cesarean deliveries and um, some of the things that you need to be concerned about with each of those and some of the risk factors um, with those deliveries in terms of how it might affect your pelvic floor your abdomen, your abdomen and some other parts of the body. Mm -hmm. And then we take women through a series of exercises. And this is by no means an exhaustive list or even the only list, but yeah. it was some kind of top exercises we like to prescribe to our patients that we felt would be beneficial 
to women, if you're on your own, if you can't get to a physical therapist or to maybe a, a fitness trainer who has some special education in pre and postnatal training, here are some things you can try at home to keep yourself fit and active during pregnancy. Yeah, and that's and what we, I love yeah. so much about um, the approach you guys are taking, because sometimes, you know, uh, some of our colleagues mean well, but we keep talking to each other. You know, we yeah. keep writing books for each other or making courses so each other can teach each other. And there really is not, you know, not only is women's health uh, or pelvic health and abdominal pelvic health and, and I, you know, I, I'm always preaching, you know, women's health is not just your breasts and your, and your labia and vagina. You know, there's a whole woman around that, the complexity that you're talking about, the hormone changes, the, even our gut and the microbiome and all of these changes that are occurring. If we're breastfeeding, if we're not breastfeeding, while our milk's coming in, when our milk's stopping, when we're going back to work, when we're dealing with different stressors, there's so much complexity to it, which is why, honestly, the patriarchy type of model that we have has kind of stayed away from it. You know, it kind of like doesn't, doesn't want to go there. There's too many variables to really have these great scientific method tests. Uh, and, and experiments, by the way, we put this linear sort of A and B and C, and you take out all these variables except A and B, and then that's the highest, you know, valid test. And you can't do that with women. I mean, we're constantly changing. Men are constantly changing too, but women have this, this set cycle. And I love that you're talking to women, you know, just the, just the, the public, that the, empowering them that, they don't even need necessarily, you know, if you got somebody to go to, please do go to and outside just the physician, not that physicians are bad, but they don't have this training. But if you don't have this person, which I think we all, all as healthcare providers need to make that bridge, if you don't have this person, what can I share with you to empower you so, you know, you're doing what you need to do to really what I hear you guys are doing is saying, hey, lady, you know, go ahead and pee. But really what it is is honor this sacred vessel of yours, honor this thing that just did this amazing thing. You know, you went and you had intercourse with someone and all of a sudden, or maybe you even didn't even have intercourse. Maybe you even went with the miracle of science and went into Petri dish baby making and you have this other human being that came out of you, you birthed this any which way it came out, and you're in recovery mode. I mean, is that one of the things you guys are trying to do is like really to kind of put a story of honoring, honoring that path? Yeah, you know, it's, I really like that metaphor um, of the go ahead and pee, but you know, and that idea of yes, we need to honor our bodies because I don't, I don't even think we thought about it that way, but it's so, it's so true and it's so relevant to what we talk about. Um, we really feel strongly, you know, no, no two women are the same, no two people are the same, but right. certainly no, no two women are the same. And so, um, and you'll see, and you see that, especially when you read in the book, my running story and my birth story and how that went together in relationship to Kate's running story and Kate's birth story we came from two very different backgrounds. I was more of a recreational runner. She was more of a competitive runner. Um, I like to run for my own well-being. For her, running was like life. And so um, I had C-sections. She had a vaginal delivery. And so now you're saying all these different variables. So to say to someone, 
you guys are going to do the exact same thing. Look, it's day one, and these guidelines say we have to do this, and the guidelines say we have to do that, but yet the guidelines aren't necessarily taking into consideration, and the recommendations are not necessarily taking into consideration that she and I were very different people going into this, and so we're still going to be different people coming out of it. And I, and I think you can say that about everyone. Um, I think my running journey probably took off after I had kids because it was a little bit more challenging for me to get to the gym and do these other types of exercises that I like to do. It was very easy to go run. Other people have been running their whole lives and don't want to stop. Other people get to the point where they have babies and they say, you know, maybe running doesn't have to be as much of a priority in my life. And so we're all, we're all coming from different places and we're all going to different places. And we really try to hit, um, hit on that point when we talk about, you know, honor your body, honor what you're feeling, don't feel like you need to go back to something too quickly. Um, don't feel like it's not okay to take your time. And, you know, and realize that, that everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different. Right. And there's a lot of things like we forget too, or, you know, it's not even that we forget. I think like we don't really connect. And it is that idea of like, well, number one, I think people need to understand, yes, you everybody can run, you know, as a kid, we ran and obviously you have a physical ability too, if you if you have that ability. But, you know, running for like running for an exercise or a sport several miles a day, it's not like we're really made to do that on this regular, regular basis. So it does have to get trained. So you're talking about that recreational runner where before kids, before those demands and change in her physics of her body or alignments of her body and things like that, demands on her body, her physiology, her energy systems, things like that, maybe not having the best technique, maybe, you know, not always having the best shoes or something was compensated for. But then we're, we're, we're not delicate flowers by all means, but definitely um, if you're going into running and then you're starting to change, you know, every, every couple days you're maybe different in your body weight, your blood's going, it's, I think it's a, um, what is it? A 50% increase in blood volume or something through pregnancy. Pregnancy, um, yeah. So, you know, you're going through the change, like having this guidance, I think it's important to realize that maybe even before you have kids, if you are a runner reading this book, um, because just to understand, like you may want a running coach, maybe you didn't have a running coach, but maybe you really want a running coach. If you're planning to run while you're pregnant, definitely have some, you know, alternative exercises, uh, speak to a local therapist about maybe having some, you know, when you get to that third trimester, if you do have some signs of, of instability through the system or functional changes or pain or something like that, um, you know, so I can, I can definitely see where this could be an educational tool beforehand, during, after. So, you know, that's, that's really awesome. And I, and I, you know, I commend you guys to kind of put that out there and again, kind of really focus it on that runner. But the idea is, that athlete or that active person or anybody really with their body who wants to use it in a way that's not just get up, go eat, you know, bend down, yeah. go to work, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so tell me a little bit more because, you know, we, in, in thinking that way, I'm thinking, you know, there's also some other tangents. Do you guys get into anything like, I know what's big now is, you know, diastasis recti, the split in the abdomen, people getting, um, you know, plastic surgery for that, you know, do you guys get into any of those things, any sort of other hip issues or other things that might 
look like they're another thing, but really maybe they need to be thinking of their pelvic health or abdominal pelvic health? Yeah, we, we actually talk about all of that. So we have a whole section, actually two different chapters. One is on pelvic floor specific um, problems that can happen because of pregnancy and postpartum. So we talk about stress urinary incontinence or what people typically call leaking, um, why maybe they would leak urine when they're running, what they can do about it, some kind of what it would involve if you went to a physical therapist to work on this, what some of the things they may look at and do with you consists of. We talk a little bit about overactive pelvic floor dysfunction, which is something else that can happen, which is different than like a weakness. And so the treatment's a little bit different. Yeah. We talk about pelvic organ prolapse, which is which is a very big thing. And, and it's often, a, I think, the biggest deterrent to exercise, at least what I'm seeing now with my patients coming in. And I don't know if this is because it's what gets talked about more often is pelvic organ prolapse and diastasis recti. So a lot of women are scared. Pelvic organ prolapse is when you have the sensation of the contents, whether it's your bladder or your uterus or your rectum, it feels like it's kind of falling out through your vagina. And it's because there's a weakness in the, in the vaginal wall and in that, in that smooth muscle and soft tissue, um, often with pregnancy and childbirth, things can happen. We talk a lot, we talk a little bit about tearing of the, the pelvic floor muscles that can happen with vaginal deliveries. And that's one reason why someone may end up with a problem like prolapse. We talk about changing hormones and ligamentous laxity and posture and pressure distribution through the abdomen and the spine and how all these things weigh in. But we really try to, to show women a way that they can get back to exercise because I think there's this fear that if you have these problems like a split in the abdomen, like something's falling out of your vagina, that you can't exercise, that there's something wrong with you and you're broken. And if you do these things, which are very high intensity, high level, they may get worse. Um, they may never go away at best. And so it, it, we kind of talk, we talk a lot about that. But then we have another chapter where we talk a little bit about just the common orthopedic injuries that happen, like low back pain. I mean, low back pain is so common in pregnancy and postpartum. And so we want people to feel like, it's okay if you have pain and there's things you can do and there's people who can help and we can help this get better. We talk a lot about hip problems like labral tears and, and some other hip problems that can onset during pregnancy as well. And then some things like even foot and ankle, just from changes in posture and ligamentous integrity from the changes in your hormones, different things can happen even to your feet. And so we have to talk about that as well as neck and shoulder. Because if we're breastfeeding and our breasts are enlarged and our posture is changing from being like slumped over a baby like this for several hours a day feeding, then that's going to impact how we use our body when we do things like run and exercise. Right. And I don't think people like really understand because like, um, I'll just show it, you know, I don't have the biggest chest or whatever, but you know, when you get a little bit more, go up a size or two when, when you haven't been having that, you haven't grown since you were 15 years old or 13 years old with supporting that. And it can really throw you off. And so a lot of times we'll compensate with the back or something like that. And, you know, one area I always love really trying to get, it's just really hard to get them because it's a timeline where people think they're invincible still, but it's really like, you almost feel like the way, um, one of the things I, when I, had my studio, you know, I was like pregnant, thinking always like the certified athletic trainer. I was like, okay, pregnancy's the game. 
you know, like pregnancy is the game. That's the sport. What would you do? And there's no one trains for that sport. Like no one thinks to train be, you know, (laughs) beforehand for that sport. And I think the only thing we're getting now is maybe they're doing some stuff in the nutritional and mindset because we have what one, what is it? One in eight or has it gone down? I've seen one in eight or one in six with infertility problems in the, um, relationship trying to get pregnant now so I think you know all of a sudden we're going to this detoxing for fertility and this and that but we're still forgetting guys you gotta prep this is a this isn't actually very natural anymore but you know for 30 40 50 years or whatever we're on the pill and we're having all these other estrogen disruptors and we have all these chemicals around us and we are rushed it is not natural anymore to uh, get pregnant and have a natural birth. So, you know, as much as the doulas are working with that and the doctors are saying that there's everybody needs to be in a hospital, the problem is, is that actually it's very common sense. No one's training for this sport anymore. We're not active enough. We're not growing up understanding how things work. We're not looking at our mothers and our grandmothers and figuring things out before we have babies. What's your thought in kind of that bigger picture um, as a woman and then as a woman's health provider and also the mother of a daughter, uh, mother of a son that's going to be maybe, you know, one day working with his wife on these things. What's your bigger picture in your point of view of, of what's going on here with so much dysfunction around um, pregnancy and recovery? That's, that's a really good question. I think, I think where I probably make the biggest difference and where – where I'm really seeing um, at least what I do in physical therapy and, and training make an impact is between kids. So I think what happens is exactly what you're saying. We don't think about how do we train our bodies for pregnancy the first time around. I think, you know, typically women are younger, typically they're, you know, more active. They're, they're not, there's not as much going on in their lives as there is when we're older and, and kids are growing up. And so I think that we kind of take that for granted. A little bit that until kind of to what you said until there's a problem where maybe pregnancy is not happening as quickly as you hoped it would or you find out that there is you know some sort of hormonal or other biological problem that marriages yeah fertility and that so they're not really thinking about it in advance but after that first pregnancy I really I see that as a really great time to get in there and educate women. I think during pregnancy is great, but unfortunately, unless there's a problem, we don't get women during their first pregnancy, but getting them after that first baby and getting them back after that first baby, it makes them so, it makes them feel so empowered. And a lot of them say, I wish I had known about this before. And they're ready to do the work for baby number two. And especially those women, even if, you know, whether it's a minor problem, a mild problem, or a severe problem, if they're kind of thinking in their back of their heads, I want another kid, now all of a sudden they're ready to do what they need to do and, and get themselves ready for the next one. And, and I think that's, that's where I make a lot of impact. I see a lot of women who come to me after baby number one because something happened they weren't expecting, and they just say, I don't want this happening yeah. Again, and they go above and beyond and take that extra step. To yeah. And I, th- and I so think I would- for me, Blair, I think also the conversation needs to go bigger. Like, 
I literally coach more. Like I do a lot of maternal health coaching and I'm trying to start that conversation for this very part because there's this gap here. You're not alone. Like not only just yourself, because like we're talking about all the things the, the woman who's pregnant can do, but her partner actually needs to start coming in the conversation. And the woman who is owning her health um, yeah. during the pregnancy needs to really include her partner uh, in this conversation, I think, because uh, whether it's you got to help me with this other kid uh, while I am preparing in a different way that we didn't prepare this first time around, or it's, you know, I nearly need to recover. I, I, one of the biggest gaps I think is miscarriage because there's like, it's like ignore. I mean, half the time people are sent home and like, Oh, the heartbeats not there. Do you want a pill for doing this on your own? Or do you want us to schedule a thing? I mean, it's really cold. So, you know, this emotional dissonance or something that's, that's really unhealthy, if you think of the inflammatory nature of things, um, yeah. you know, to, to what extent do you think, do you guys ever think of that sort of stuff? Or I'm, I'm just kind of starting out that conversation, just you being a fellow uh, healthcare provider. Where do you see the ownership or the lack or the dissonance in your clients and your patients with including their partner? Because I think it's just very hard. I mean, we see people... Uh, later in life, right? The menopause, yeah. nobody's asking for help. They say they have no help, but nobody's really asking for help. They just assume right. they will get it. <laughs> um, you know, I think I've been very lucky in that sense that, and, and it might just be the where I work and the clients that get to me, they typically have very supportive partners. Um, just, I mean, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of partners don't want to see these women, you know, they don't want to see you hurt. They love you. They care for you. They, they don't want to see you shut down. And so I think, I think they're willing to step up to the plate. I think asking, I think the, the biggest challenge is probably asking for help. Yeah. I think women, I mean, I know even certainly with myself um, in another stage of my life, you know, it's, it's hard to ask for help. I mean, even, even if it's the person you love the most and is the closest to you, you know, to say, I'm really struggling with this and I'd like you to help me is such a big step. And so I think, you know, I don't know if it needs to start there. I don't know, you know, especially like for women who have a male partner, you know, they may not realize um, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. she's going through. I think for women with a female partner, that might be a little bit different, but for some of, some of the males don't, they're not women. They don't realize what we're going right. through. They really don't um, understand. I mean, like and, you just said, yeah. you don't even understand. Can you imagine yeah. what they get? I mean, and, all they know I, about is there's something like a pad, a maxi pad, and a tampon. And yeah. I with my, my ex, like, literally, it was like, I don't know, 15, 10 years. I think it might have been when my daughter had, he had to go get something for my daughter one day. And he was like, I don't know, did I get the maxi pad or the tampon? Like, he wasn't even, like, sure, yeah. which was, which I was like, that's amazing. You have, like, a 14-year-old or whatever, a 12-year-old daughter, 13-year-old daughter, and an 8-year-old son, and we've gone through this whole thing, and I'm just realizing you're not even so sure of which is the maxi pad, which is, because it's not like they sit there and watch those commercials when they come up, you know? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, I, and I was pretty lucky myself, too. My, my husband was was great. My first pregnant, I had a, I had a illness prone first pregnancy and I really had to lean on him a lot. And, and he really stepped up in, and again, it, but, but to my point, I know a lot because I'm a physical therapist who does this day in and day out. And so I knew 
I knew what to ask for. Um, I could see even in the most supportive relationships where someone who doesn't know what to ask for, it would make it really hard for that person to know what to do. So I think even as simple as I don't know what I need, but I know I just need some help or I need, I need an hour to myself. I remember one evening after my son was born and my son was in the NICU for a month. So we had a month at home without a child. And I was recovering from, from that experience, from my delivery, from being on bed rest. And we were invited out to a friend's house for dinner. And I just said, I, I can't go. Like, I remember I had to sit, I sat at home. I said, I'm sorry, I want to be there with you guys, but I am so exhausted and I am trying to recover and I need to just stay home by myself right now. Um, and they didn't really get it. I know they didn't get it. I can remember having the conversation, but it was so necessary for me to do that and when they came home my, my mom was in town and when they came home later that evening I said you know thank you so much I just I really just needed to be here and, and be by myself and sleep and not talk to people and you know it just made all the difference and so sometimes just knowing that you need something and right. being able to say you need something even if you don't know what it is yeah so important so important so you know sometimes you do sometimes you're going to need the coach to get to that personal point sometimes it's not even getting the fixing of the body sometimes it's getting your uh perspective on your role shifting and maybe you needing some care too especially as the caregiver so that's a really um important point you make there blair so blair where can we get your book where can we read you know it, look, it sounds like you have a lot of stuff to offer women um i know you have a blog associated with catalyst uh, physical therapy tell us where we can get to to know you and to find your book right now yes so my company website is www.catalystga.com and so you can read all things about me and my practice our book is going to be available at the end of june where it's going to be available in ebook download format on my website um, as well as my co-author's website. Her practice is Precision Performance and Physical Therapy, also in Atlanta. We're both in Atlanta together. And it will also be available um, on Amazon for ebook download and, and for the print version as well. So we will be putting out lots of notices. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram. It's at Go Ahead Stop and Pee. Very easy to remember both of those. Um, you can follow us on, on Instagram and, and Facebook and hear a little bit about what we're doing in relationship to the book and some of the events we're going to be having and some things we're going to be doing special um, as well through there. So. Very good. So if you guys are listening to this, probably when it comes out, that's all around the same time. And in June of 2019, if you're listening to this way down, I'm sure you'll see it was a bestseller and you can get your you can get your book then. Um, and, you know, kudos to you, Blair. One of the things, obviously, you know, people who listen to me or follow my stuff is this idea of this, you know, curvier hustle, this feminine leadership style. And one of those principles is, you know, you weren't scared to work with a fellow PT, gosh forbid, in your same area, gosh forbid, sharing the 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 patient load or or the patient type or whatever so kudos to you because uh you know i think i think it's really hard for professionals i've seen that definitely in physical therapy i've seen you know it's it's easy for us to work with a physician or a massage therapist or something some of us some of us is not even easy to do that but definitely working with another 
um, you know, someone who works with the same people as us, it's kind of difficult unless you get down and have that confidence and conviction. And what I'm hearing is this passion for helping, you know, these moms and things like that. So I just want to give you a shout out. Kudos to you. Um, do you have any words of advice for um, women either in business, women who are just, you know, just in the business of mothering, uh, young women who haven't had kids? Do you have any words of wisdom, goddess wisdom 101, um, for anybody who might be listening to this right now, just based upon uh, just your journey and what you're trying to do here and who you are? Yeah, you know, my, my journey has been, it's been a long one, but, but a good one. Um, the best advice I can give is honor yourself. Um, mm. I think when I finally started to honor myself, that's when all the really good things started to happen. Um, from getting out of a non-ideal business relationship to putting myself in a place where I got to treat my patients and do fun things like write a book. Um, I, think it's, I think it's great to take risks also. I think sometimes staying in that safe zone leads a little bit to complacency. And, and I think that's true in all parts of life. Um, I'm not the world's biggest risk taker. My husband will say I'm probably the most risk averse person he's ever met. But, but, in, biz but in business, probably more than anything else, um, I think taking some risks, uh, you, really, you really can reap the rewards. And, and, learning, and learning from every experience, the good, the good ones and the bad ones, I think you learn something from every experience you have and you can take it with you. Great. Well, Blair, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Owning Her Health. Uh, we'll be, I'll put in the show notes over on the main page where you guys link over if you say my podcast and go on. If you're listening on iTunes, please do go on over to the links to the main page so that you can just really easy um, click on uh, Blair or her, her partner there's uh, websites and get this book. As soon as you hear about it, gift this book to someone, a neighbor, a niece, uh, you know, if you're long past, take a read of it so that you understand because knowledge is power, guys. But honestly, knowledge is just data points stuck in your head like a filing cabinet unless you actually take action on it. And, and, and the things you need to do are sometimes, you know, just simple, simple changes and shifts and very, very little things, but, but definitely going off, finding out the information and integrating it into your life. So thank you, Blair, for writing a book that will help people do that. And thank you for being on the show. And thank you all of you guys for being here for another episode of Owning Her Health. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.